Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLU, CIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Jeff Chasden, welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Jeff, thank you for taking some time with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with other business owners. You know, uh, as, as you you know, as you were saying, we were talking a little bit before the airing about business owners uh, getting into business. Uh, they can make the product, they do the service, but boy, do they have a, a rude awakening when they when they uh, try to run a business and they never have. And that's where you come in. Uh, Jeff uh, is always takes the entrepreneurial approach. You know, many of these entrepreneurs, they don't have a background in business. They build products or deliver great services. But when it comes to the business strategy, uh, they t- tend to wing it. I use that term all the time. They wing it, which works early on, but it does have it, its complexities of the business to start to build it. The foundation will crack. And that's Jeff's mentality about working with business. But he also says that you don't need an MBA to be able to run a successful business, to grow, to strive, to do well in business. But you do need a business operating system that really puts you not only in a value-driving growth pattern, uh, but it stabilizes your business. And the challenges today, however, is the information overload. Boy, isn't that true, Jeff? Just Definitely, yeah. We were just talking about content marketing and stuff a minute ago and about just the amount of content stuff out there. It used to be an issue with, okay, you can't find the information. Now it's an issue of, I can't find the information because all the noise out there. What, what do I do? Yeah. And, and there's an information I need and we get confused and we spend our time in wrong places. And um, anyways, uh, getting to know Jeff, G- Jeff looks at the way of building and running a business on a very practical basis. So we're going to learn a lot today. I'm really privileged to have Jeff here. His name of his company is Emidus Inc. You're down in Dallas, Jeff, right? Correct. Yeah, we're out, we're out of Dallas and it's, yeah. I'm going to have all the contact information that you're going to want on Jeff in the show notes. So I'm going to move on to a couple of questions, Jeff, that I had that I wanted to ask you, but they really relate to you as a business owner and running a business. And one of the things I really wanted to ask you, how the heck did you get into this profession? It's been quite a journey, really. <laughs> I, I actually did not start out the entrepreneur type. I, I Growing up, I always hated the, the the candy bar sales, fundraisers or whatever, just sales. And that extroverted personality was never me kind of a thing. 
So growing up, I, I went into the family side was corporate America. You go get a corporate job, you stay there for your entire career, you retire with the retirement fund, all that kind of stuff. So I started down that path and only made it, I think I made it about seven years into it before it was just like, it's, it's funny, I always tell the story towards the end, I got to the point, it was, uh, we had two person offices and I got to the point where literally every day I was waiting for my office mate to leave so that I could turn around and leave and not be the first person out the door. And it's like, okay, when that's your mentality with work every day of how quickly can I get out the door? It's probably not the best fit there. <laughs> so I, I made that entrepreneurial leap, that transition right there, went straight into consulting at that point. I was, I had a technology background. So effectively, and granted, this is probably 15 plus years ago now, was a fractional CTO, fractional technology officer, uh, before that term ever became commonplace like it is today. But really working with uh, mostly small to mid-sized companies just from a technology standpoint. So everything was focused on the IT side, focused on building tools, putting uh, tools in place. And over time, I just kept running into especially the more the smaller kind of companies that were looking at technology to solve issues, trying to put out fires. And one of the, one of the stories I always love pulling out was talking to a, a CEO who, of course, was on the golf course with another CEO friend of his and said, hey, our sales numbers are down, our sales are down. And his friend says, well, we just implemented this new CRM system in our company. It's really helped out our sales team, make them more productive. So he comes to me and says, hey, I want to implement this CRM system we go through all the discovery process, all the implementation, all the training. Of course, this is this is a major package. So this takes some time. It's It's got some cost involved with it and everything. But then, of course, shortly thereafter, he comes back unhappy saying, "What? what's, what's wrong with the system? Our, our sales numbers are not increasing. It's like, duh, you don't have a sales process. Your, your sales team doesn't have a consistent message. All we did was put technology on top of a broken process. And technology is great at what it does, but what it is basically good at is magnifying whatever's underneath it. So if you've got a finely tuned process, you stick a, a rightly implemented piece of technology on it, you're probably going to imp- improve the, the performance there. But at the same time, you put it on top of a broken process, it's going to magnify the fact that you, have, you don't have a process there. So that was kind of my catalyst to say, okay, let's move from selling widgets, selling technology, et cetera, into coaching side which to me is just a completely different mentality. It's, it's, I look at it really as the sports team analogy kind of thing. The consultant, they're embedded in your business. They're the free agent player kind of thing, whereas the coach is on the sideline teaching you, training you, pushing you, giving you the accountability to go run your own business, whereas I'm not necessarily doing the business. I'm not doing the work, and it's just a, a different mindset there. But that way, from a coaching perspective now, I can actually help address and bring some light to and bring some accountability to those underlying issues that great, then we can go put uh, more salespeople, we can go put another piece of technology, whatever on top of it and start to scale it. But to me, that's really where, honestly, I struggled early in several business ventures. And I see a lot of other entrepreneurs struggling is kind of what you talked about earlier. They start into this with really more the technician kind of mindset that I'm, I'm an expert in financial planning. I'm an expert in technology. I'm an expert in whatever, marketing. And now they want to go build a business around it and figure out pretty quickly, there's a lot more to running a business than just their lane of expertise. Yeah, And and it's really key. And you know what? You could tell them to your blue in the face. It's like putting sugar on liver. 
<laughs> I don't know if your family has liver, but you can't, no. <laughs> you can't, you can't make liver feel taste good. So yeah, you still got the underlying problems. And it's interesting, you transformed into a coach because you saw this stuff. So, you know, you've been successful. Your business is 15 years old and it's moving forward. It's doing well. So let me ask you this as a, as a coach and consultant, what, what do you see in people that become successful while others seem to struggle? What, what are the key things that you see, Jeff? I'd say one of the biggest uh, aspects of it is simply the, the ability and the willingness to look outside yourself for help to say that, hey, I'm not the end-all, be-all expert at everything, that I've seen several companies, and they're typically the ones that I have very short tenure working with, that where the CEO is just the ego kind of a thing, that every decision has to pass through him or her, everything's got to go through them, they've, they've got to be the one with the idea no matter what. And that's just a, you're a limiting factor at that point on your own business, because the reality is none of us have all the expertise and everything. We need help. And it's interesting, the business owners that I talk to on my podcast that say, okay, the point that I really turned the corner, the point that my business really turned the corner was when I sought out that external advisor, that external board of directors, that external uh, coach kind of a thing that I've got somebody else that one, I'm accountable to. And two, that I can go bounce this idea off of, or in the case of a board of directors, I've got to go get this idea approved by them and justify it really helps them think about, okay, what's going on in my business? Is this the right way? Is this keep me from just veering off that, that shiny object track kind of a thing right there? But it's, it really, to me, comes back to, okay, are you willing to accept? Are you willing to ask for help outside of yourself? And the ones that are not, to me, that's that's a... Not necessarily doomed to failure, but definitely limiting the 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 impact of the business. In my in my book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, I talk about that. I talk about in my years of working with companies, I saw two sides. You have the business personality and the owner's personality. And unless the owner starts to realize, just like you said, I can't do this all. I need to have I need help and starts to delegate whatever it might be and let him do the two or three things he does well, the business will never grow and, and it'll never have the truest potential value down the road because, you know, you or I, if we're going to buy a business, we don't want the owner there. We're not buying them. And yep. nobody else knows how to do it. Uh, and there's a, you know, it's a lot off your shoulder when you can give these things that you really don't like doing to other people to do it better. And I, I think, I, I think you're right on to it. I think businesses grows as the personality and the ego lessens and the person grows as a human being because they are at the top, you know? And it's, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing for a lot of entrepreneurs just because it's like, it is your baby. It's, it's what you created. And now you're being asked to reduce yourself, reduce your role kind of a thing there. But to your point, it's like, I've heard so many horror stories from Companies wanting to go sell, wanting to, hey, I, need, I want to exit the business. I want to retire kind of a thing. And you look at it and say, the business is you. Everything's in your head here. Everything's everything's wrapped around you. If you exit this business, if you're not part of it, then there's no value. There's In a lot of ways, there's no business at all kind of a thing here. Uh, hey, Jeff, and what, what concerns you the most about being in your own business? 
in terms of, let me, let me, can I get you to clarify or I'm not, yeah, not sure? Yeah. You're... In other words, obviously you wake up every day and there's certain, uh, you go down the list of the things that you need to pay attention to. Is there any particular one thing that you need to stay on top of all the time? I wouldn't necessarily say it any one thing to me. It's the, it's actually one that I'm, I'm constantly preaching to other people is the clarity aspect of just having a bigger picture understanding of what's going on in your business, understanding you're honestly, you're on the financial side, understanding the numbers in the business. And I, I don't talk just financial numbers. I'm talking about having metrics and stuff in place to understand that, okay, where's the lead funnel? Where's the sales funnel looking at? What's the, the production defects looking at? Leading indicators like that. If I've got those in front of me for my business, for our client's business, that takes a lot of the, the stress and the anxiety out, in my opinion, because you've got that leading side to say, hey, lead flow right now, talk for a sales team. Incoming leads right now are, are off track from where we think they should be. So that means in two months, three months or whatever, depending on our sales cycle, we're going to start feeling a crunch. So therefore, we need to address that now when it's early, address the small fire rather than being surprised in three months when all of a sudden sales have crashed. And it's like, okay, why have they crashed? So it's to me, it's not any one given area or one given number. It's having key numbers across the entire business, but having them all be, uh, or at least as many as possible, being on the leading side where you can see and identify the issues early rather than before it turns into the big fire, big, big emergency. Yeah, you know, you make a good point because if there's one thing that the, uh, the owner or uh, uh, CEO of a company is to know what metrics do you need to know and, and know how to read them to stay on top of it because numbers don't lie. So you got to be a, pay attention to that stuff. Um, early in my career, back in 19, eh, I wasn't early in my career. It took me 15 years to figure that out. But I remember not paying attention to my metrics and they kind of to bite me in the butt. So I learned a lesson, a hard lesson, but uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, as a business transformation coach, what does transform mean or refer to, Jeff? Well, to me, it's the, and again, it probably goes back to building your worth on your side. If you were to look at a business that was uh, a street cart, street vendor on the on the corner selling hot dogs or whatever is up, up in the Northeast there versus a restaurant, which one of those has more worth to you? Oh, you're asking me the question? Yeah, no, actually asking you questions. So yeah, if I, if I brought you the street card vendor here versus I brought you the restaurant, it's like, which one of those from a, especially from an exit strategy is going to have more value, more worth to it? Oh, oh yeah, the, the restaurant, yeah. So really, to me, that's where I see a lot of, uh, especially in the professional services realms like you and I, but even in other businesses that it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, when you've got that, that entrepreneur, that CEO right there, that everything's running through them, the business only operates when it is them, when it's uh, their key people. And granted, you have to start that way. That's that's you've got to, You don't have the resources to go out and out of the gate have a hundred person company here. So, but the quicker you can start making that transformation to say, okay, we're moving from that street vendor hot cart, hot dog cart over to the restaurant, where you think of the restaurant model, the owners are not sitting there waiting on tables most of the time there. They're not sitting there cooking food in the back. They've got a front of the house staff. They've got a back of the house staff. They go take a vacation. You were, you were talking, I think, off the air about a, an 80-day uh, work year kind of a thing there. You can step away from the business, keep things still running, 
and eventually transition and sell the business there, exit the business and still have that net value, that net worth. So to me, that transformation, when I'm talking about business transformation, is taking that single run, single, very dedicated kind of team right there, turning it more into a bigger system. I, I, I equate it to treating business like a machine. That okay, you got to have systems, you got to have processes, you got to have a way of doing things that is separate from what's in your head. If that business, going back to what we've been talking about, if that business is truly going to scale, truly going to grow, we've got to transform it into something bigger than you at that point and really give it the value at that point that you can scale it if you're not trying to sell it right now, but even in the, the longer term, I always coach people to look at the the exit anyways, coach with the exit in mind, because the reality is we're all going to exit the business. It's just a matter of when. So it's even if that's 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, whatever, you still want to start building it with that mentality in mind, because one, it's a whole lot more fun to run today, being that restaurant mentality rather than being 100% dependent upon you and the on the street vendor. But two, it's giving you building up that longer term value because, and I'm, I assume you probably see the same thing specifically dealing on the exit planning. It's like, you can't show up and say, hey, I want to sell my business in six months. There's not any time at that point to make any any real significant change at that point. That's, you're, you're pretty much dealing with, okay, this is what we got. This is what we're going to sell. And your, your value, your multiplier is going to be significantly lower at that point. Whereas if you had started planning five years, several years in advance kind of a thing there, you got a lot better chance at, at increasing that multiplier before you hit that end event. The one, uh, the one uh, I can speak because I could look back 51 years. And I would say that's the one particular element of a business owner that is, uh, is the most uh, or the hardest for them to understand they, they intellectually understand it it's just it's very hard to to put in play that middle management that uh, the uh, giving tasks away carving out only what you want I, i've been asked a million times when should i start thinking about exiting my business and i say the day you buy it yeah you know, start putting these processes in, in play. It might take it 10 years. I just had a luncheon with a business owner. He's been in business 12 years, 15 years, tremendously successful. He's he he's the guy. He's got 13 employees, uh, but no one wants to work 80 hours a week and make the kind of money he's making because he's getting up at three o'clock in the morning. You know, so again, to your point, if I had to say the most important thing for anybody out there who's running a business is start thinking about delegating and building a middle management, even if it's one person. Um, But boy, I I see that all the time, Jeff. It's amazing. What's the um, biggest thing you see entrepreneurs struggle with when it comes to growing the business? I honestly think you just answered that question already right there. It's it's interesting talking on again, with business leaders on the podcast and stuff, that that delegation tends to come back to being the hardest issue is to, okay, at what point do I really hand this stuff off and then truly hand it off? Because that's the thing is I I can hand off that task. Hey, you go do this. But then it's the micromanagement side of being right there in their pocket saying, okay, do it my way, do it this way. And that's getting that delegation inside is one, it's the biggest thing. Once people actually start doing it, it's so freeing to you that once you start seeing it from the other side, but yeah, getting over that 
that chasm over that hurdle of saying, okay, I'm going to start doing this. And the fact that you didn't do it the exact same process, I would have done it is actually okay. We still ended up with the same result, or maybe for that matter, you ended up with a better result, but just being able to hand off some of those things that honestly you're used to doing all the time, even though you don't like it, or you may not even be good at it for that matter, but just being able to hand those things off to other people on your team one that's going to, like I said, give you the more the freedom, the, the the more enjoyment in what you're doing, because at that point, you can really focus on the things that you like doing that you're good at. And it's just, again, that's the only way things are going to scale or grow so that you don't have everybody coming to your door 24-7 kind of a thing. Hey, how do we do this again? How do we do this? It's like you've actually shifted a lot of that that work and that ownership off to other people. And again, it goes back to everything we've been talking about is, OK, once that's shifted out of your head and off to other people, there's value in that company at that point because it's, again, not all in your head. But yeah, that delegation aspect is one that I, I don't even ask the question. It just keeps coming up over and over and over with almost every single business owner. It's like, yeah, that was one of the hardest things that I either did or I still struggle with kind of a thing is in, in growing the business. Yeah, well, let's just take a hypothetical, Jeff, because I see it, you see it. And now, Let's just take a hypothetical where you have a, a business that's growing and uh, they've been doing this for years, but again, they've lacked on this delegation. They don't have the middle management. What would you do as a coach? What are the things that you would suggest that they start doing immediately? Oh, one of the activities that I really work with them on, it's it's really simple kind of an idea, but it's just one that it, it doesn't get there, but it's to simply sit down with a, a, a notepad next to your desk right there and for a day or maybe as long as a week, simply write down what are you doing and how long are you spending on it kind of a thing there. Because most people honestly don't even know. It's like we get to the end of the day, it's like, wow, that was a busy day and I have no idea what I just did or what I accomplished kind of a thing. So start off with just writing a, a list there literally of, okay, I, I spent 30 minutes on email. I did a podcast for this long. I wrote this piece of content. I helped out this customer issue, whatever it is, jot down some, some notes right there. And then once you look at that list, go back to it and really make notes on it. I break it into uh, really looking at four different categories there, kind of what I touched on earlier. It's like, okay, what am I good at? And what do I like to do? The other quadrant of saying, okay, what am I good at? I really don't like doing it, but I'm still good at it. And then the, the opposite there of saying, okay, what am I not good at? But I like it. And what am I not good at that I really don't like? And it's especially that last quadrant down there. That's that's what do I not like? And I'm not good at it. I don't like finances. I don't like doing the books. I'm not good at staying up to date on it. That's probably a really good target to start delegating. And even from that standpoint, I would say, okay, now that we start identifying a few of those tasks, because this is a lot of people, when it comes to documenting processes, when it comes to delegating people try to go boil the ocean and do everything all at the same time. It's like, no, we, we need, it's the, the adage or story, how do you eat an elephant? It's like one bite at a time. We just need to take one task off your plate today is all we're trying to focus on. And when you can identify that quadrant down there of, okay, this is what I'm not good at and I really don't like doing anyways, let's pick one of those. And then from a documentation standpoint, we've actually got a, a resource up on the website talking through this, but what you want to look at is say is, okay, the next time you're going through it, just sit here and jot down some rough steps to say, okay, when it comes to invoicing the clients, putting out the invoices for this month, 
here's the rough process. I go to this app, I pull this data here, I, I do this kind of a thing, but just a high level process there. Go through that, jot it down, just hand notes at that point. And then the next time it comes around, actually take it to the person you're wanting to delegate to, hopefully, and walk through it with them. Actually, the two of you kind of thing, walk through that process, because in all likelihood, they're going to see it from a different perspective. They're going to have different questions and say, okay, then you can really start to flesh this out and figure out, okay, what is that process? Great. Now, the next time you completely own it and move it off your plate that way to where that person's now owning the client invoicing process. And the key really with processes to me is that it's not meant to be a full six inch thick SOP manual kind of a thing. Because if you're, if that's what you've got in mind for processes, one, you're never going to get it written in the first place because that's way too much work. And two, nobody's going to read it anyways. That's, that's too much for them to go read. It's going to go sit on a shelf somewhere and collect dust and be of complete uselessness. Processes need to be simple, need to be, to my degree, actually high level. I look at it kind of as an 80-20 approach to say, okay, document the 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 80% here that's going to get, or the, sorry, the 20% that's going to give you 80% of the value of the, the process where call it a, a, a sales process or a sales generation. It's like, okay, you want to be able to leverage your team's expertise. So if you've got one salesperson that loves getting on the phone and making calls versus you've got another one that likes to do in-person conversations and coffee, don't sit there and restrict them to say, okay, as part of your daily process, make 20 calls because one person's obviously going to be real successful at that, one's not. You want them to bring their, their own creativity, their own personality to that process, quite possibly making it more efficient and better, but still bring their own creativity to that process while still getting you the end result that you want. So your, your end result for sales is number of new leads or number of closed deals. I honestly don't care how you get there. I just want to make sure that what's important to me is the the end result here of go back to the, the client invoicing that, yes, we have all of the invoices out correctly on the day that they're done. If you can get there in a different way, if you can get there in a different manner and still get the high level, those peaks of the process done, more power to you. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck with that is they try to get so down in the weeds, all the little details. It's like, no, just, just give me the high points of saying, okay, what's really required out of this process? And let you fill in the, the gaps in between when you're actually implementing it. And it makes it a lot easier to create the processes in the first place and then a lot easier for people to pick them up and follow them, really. I had an experience years ago with a, a staff member. And I, that's when I first learned, this had to go back 20 years ago. I learned about the Colby test. And when you were talking about uh, sharing the delegation of a task, and kind of in a training mode to hand it off, it occurred to me that the person receiving it has to have the capability of dealing with it. And, and I found the Colby test, at least that's, I, I think there's many of them, but I use Colby yeah. that uh, you're very much aware of it, uh, which identifies the personality. And, and in this particular case, the person, it really came down to, they had to receive a, voc a vocally and they had to see the instructions for them to actually comprehend what I was asking them. And then they had to like it. And uh, we overlook uh, when we start to delegate sometimes, who are we, who's the receiver of this? I, I got to believe that's very important 
Jeff? Honestly, it's, it's the people side of the business is technically one fourth of my overall system, my overall process. But the reality of what I've found is at the root of every issue in business, every problem that's going on, there's a people issue at that point. And it's it really comes down to and I've, I've used Colby before. I've used a number of others. Um, the, the system that I actually prefer right now is looking at predictive index that it's really understanding, do you have the right person? Do, are they sitting in the right seat? Is this job a good fit for them? Is this role a good fit for them? Kind of a thing there. But even going back to your, your idea there from the, the personality standpoint, I was just in a, another course a uh, few weeks ago, kind of a thing there. And it's, it's not my personality to sit there in a classroom kind of style sitting for four days and just have somebody lecture to me. It's like, I've tuned out long before then kind of a thing. I'd much rather have video lessons or something that I can go consume on my own. And then, yeah, we'll have a group tour and talk about it or ask questions, but I don't want to sit there for that long. Whereas that may be somebody else's learning style that they, they need to be in a classroom and understanding your team, understanding your people. And even for that matter, taking it a step earlier and saying, understanding What's the requirements for this role that I'm hiring for? And therefore, are you the right personality to fit in this role before I ever put you there? That to me is key that you got to have it's it's the uh, Jim Collins quote or whatever. You got to have the right people sitting in the right seats on the bus kind of a thing if you're really going to be successful here. And yeah, to your point, it's it's having the right communication style, the right way of bringing information, the right way of working with people. That's that's actually one of the things I really like about Predictive Index is you can kind of run the profiles on the manager as well as the employee and then put them together and say, okay, here's where the, the overlaps are. Here's what the, the communication challenges are, things like that. And you show that to those people. Actually, in, in playing with the system early on, I ran it on myself and ran it on my wife. And it was like, oh, this is interesting the way it shows communication challenges and who who tends to override and, and push through that, okay, you're more the, the maverick person type that is going to push it out versus you're more the, the, the scholar person that has to sit there and evaluate all the, the evidence and, and think about things before you bring your opinion. And once you start seeing that in just simply a manager-employee relationship or even within a team, you start to see, it's like, oh, that's why meetings are the way they are. That's why we're having challenges in this area, because you really start to understand the people at that point. And yeah, that's like I said, it's technically it's a quarter of my practice, but yeah, it's there's always people issues at the bottom of practically any issue or any any challenge you're having in business at that point. You just right person, right seat, communication, whatever the issue is there, there's something from a, a personality people side there. Yeah, no, I, I I've seen that many, many times. And uh I love your tagline um when you refer of helping leaders gain and regain clarity. I, it looks obtain clarity and realize your vision. I really like that. It's pretty clear, but what does it mean? And what's the communication you're getting across there to them? Really, it, it actually kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier about truly understanding what's going on in the business and truly understanding the numbers that the the visual I kind of like to paint with it is to say, okay, um, it's actually the picture you got on your website right there of the house out on the, the island kind of a thing there. I want you as a business owner to be sitting on that island with no phone, no laptop. All you've got is a, a waiter that can sit here and bring you a piece of paper that's got 10 or 15 numbers on it. And from that piece of paper, you've got a clear picture of what's going on in your business. You've got a clear picture to say, okay, 
kind of what we talked about earlier. There's we got a, a little bit of smoke. We got a start of a fire over here in our lead generation process. That number's off track. Is it off track this week versus okay? Is this a, a, a an emerging trend kind of a thing? You've got that kind of visibility into what's going on in your business. And to me, that's anyone that I've gotten to to say really to that point on that side where you're literally sitting on that island. It's so much more freeing, so much more relaxing that, okay, I don't have to sit here and be going to 20 meetings with all my different teams or whatever. I don't have to go be sitting on sales calls or whatnot. I can see the numbers. I can see that the numbers are being accurately reported. And I just understand my business. I understand what's on track and what's off track. And it just gives me that much more freedom, that much more flexibility. It's it's interesting. It was a... Um, I was talking recently to an entrepreneur that was part of a, a marketing agency and it was uh, them and a business partner in it. And from the outside perspective, they had a long list of clients, solid book, very successful agency. Yet this individual was looking to either reduce their role or completely exit the business because they're, they're saying, I'm working six plus days a week, all day, all day, all day, all night kind of a thing here, trying to meet all this client demand. It's like, but I'm burned out. I'm I'm ready to quit on this. It's like okay, you don't understand what's going on. You don't. All you're seeing right now is whatever that fire is right there in front of you. If you can back up a level and see, okay, whether it's a case of delegation, bringing on more assistance, whether it's simply a case of okay, which are the clients that are high maintenance versus the ones that are not? What's the difference between those? I want more of the ones that are not high maintenance. Kind of a thing. There, it's that clarity that if you can really get that from. The numbers and just from an understanding of your business, it, it makes all the difference there is to obviously this individual saying, okay, I'm ready to quit and ditch the business that's so successful already versus ones that can say, in your case, the 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 80-day 80, 80 work uh, year kind of a thing there. If you can really say, hey, I'm just going to take a month off and the business still moves forward. The only way that happens if you is if you've got the clarity, the understanding, the trust that okay, I don't have to sit here and stress the entire time on I'm on vacation or constantly have my laptop with me because some fire is going on back at the office. And having that clarity is the only way that that ever happens. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, having lived uh, and building a practice on eighty days a year working with clients, it's certainly freeing. I My tagline kind of is, uh, let me help you find your beach or have you found your beach yet? And, and again, uh, business doesn't have to be stressful or hard. It really doesn't. If you take some of the basic laws of business and you focus on them, which is what you're supposed to do, and not put your fingers in every part of business, business can really be fun and, and easy, you know, that kind of thing. And um, uh, so, Jeff, my last question to you is what makes your approach different from the other business coaches and systems like EOS, scaling up, et cetera? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's it's really been almost my mentality, even going back in, like I said, my earlier days with tech and other thing that I was never wanted to be the Salesforce rep or the, the the Microsoft Dynamics rep or whatever kind of a thing like that. To me, while business truly, it's I always kind of joke the clients up front. It's like don't don't fire me right off the bat, but I can I can explain your business here in about thirty seconds. That every business has got the same basic principles to it, like you said. That okay, we're going out in the market, we're soliciting uh, 
clients, customers, whatever, we're selling, delivering a product here, and hopefully we're collecting money on the backside. But the reality is there's always still, and hopefully unique aspects to our business here. So my approach has always been rather than try to take, and granted, I'm not against any of those systems. I've got actually certifications in most of them kind of a thing, but I'm not one to say, let's take your business and fit it into the box of EOS or the box of scaling up, which those systems have got great tools. I leverage a lot of tools from them, but I'm more a case of saying, let's build your system. Let's build the Acme Widgets way of doing business here and leverage really the best of the best from any and all these systems. That's, I think we touched on it earlier on in conversations. Like there's so many different systems. There's so many different, really great ideas and great people out there. How do you really pick the one? I've actually got a a comparison chart that I look at that show people. It's like, okay, here's the strengths of EOS. Here's the strengths of scaling up. Here's the strengths of great game of business. Now, which which one of these do you want? And they look at that and say, well, I want all of them. It's like, okay, so let's build your system. Let's build the one that works for you, not try to fit you into somebody else's box here. Yeah, and, and that, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's nice that you have experience in all these systems, but uh, that's what happens too much in, in a lot of business. Everybody's in a box. And I like that flexibility that after you get to know a business owner, uh, you have the ability to take elements of one system, combine them with another element, with another system, and create maybe your own system and, and put it together as a process. I was going to ask you about the process, but you know what? You have that on your website. And I'll I'll have I'll put it in the uh, the footnotes because um, I, I think people like to know what's the process that you go through. Do you want you want to cover that? I, yeah. I can definitely jump into it real quick. We'll take the short version of it. Yeah, but it's to me it's basically four P's. Looking there, as we already touched on people, so that was one quadrant of it. So it's having the right people sitting in the right seats. The second P is purpose. So basically, just okay, what's our strategy? Do we have everybody bought into a shared purpose? kind of the tug of war. Are they all pulling the same directions there? So you got people and purpose. Third one is playbook to say, okay, now we've got everybody with the right strategy. Are they all working from the same proven playbook? Are we all doing things the same way so that we get a consistent result, deliver a consistent result to our our customers? And then the last P is performance. So that's just saying, okay, great, we're doing all this. Now are we doing it in a productive and efficient manner? And to me, those four P's put together is what really results in profits. And whether that's uh, pure cash, whether that's uh, ability to reinvest, ability to grow, whatever the case may be, how profit defines for you. But really, to me, profit's the ultimate measurement that I see a lot of people talk about revenues and stuff like that. It's like, I would much rather be working with a a $500 million company revenue with a 90% kind of profit versus a $500 million company with a 10% profit kind of thing. One's, one's just a lot more fun to sit there and work with. So the profitability to me is, is the key. But yeah, it's really taking those four components and it goes back to what we were talking about a second ago that really I don't come in with a, a prescription for any, any of my clients. It's like, okay, we've got four different areas here that honestly touch every single business out there. Let's do a little bit of evaluation, figure out where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, and then let's start digging into a few of those weaknesses first and start seeing if we can build up and get some results there rather than say, okay, here's the here's the curriculum we're going to teach for the next two years when you may be starting off with something that's that company is already strong in kind of a thing there. So that's 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 where I again I, I like coming in with flexible to say, okay, 
Here's the entire tool truck. Let's talk about your business and figure out where, where, where we can help, what, what we can improve on rather than saying, okay, here's my prescription for you. You know, yeah, I was just, you, you have two tools I think you want to talk about building to scale my uh, mastermind and the process blueprint download. Can you, you want to talk a little bit about that, Jeff? Sure. Yeah. Well, the, the building the scale mastermind is actually something fairly new with us. It's from a, a traditional standpoint, like I said, most of even going back into those systems, EOS scaling up, et cetera, are all targeted at a, a larger, more developed organization. And my passion has just always been one for, especially the earlier kind of stage entrepreneur, you've already got, you've kind of, you've got your initial success, you've got your product, you've got your service to market, but now you're looking at it like this marketing agency that I was talking about. It's like, okay, I'm working 80 hours a week kind of thing. I'm burned out. This is no longer fun. That's the ones that I like helping, but a lot of times they simply don't have the resources yet for a full-time engagement. And that's where this mastermind program comes in that we're going to put together a really a group of smaller business entrepreneurs like this to get the peer council aspect where you've got effectively that board of directors, that that board of advisors there in your peers to say, hey, we're struggling with X. Has anybody else had any issues with that? Do you have any resources that might help? And then we can also bring in basically this same kind of coaching here, but doing it more at the group level. So it just, it gives a lot more benefit there to that earlier stage entrepreneur in a more cost-effective manner. So that one is just uh, adventus.com slash mastermind is something new out there. And then the process blueprint is um, actually just a, uh, it's a eight page document, I think is really just walking through that process that I was talking about earlier about, okay, how do we start delegating? How do we start breaking down processes and hand them off? So it's, it starts off really with that four quadrant kind of idea of, of, okay, what do you like and what are you good at versus what do you not like and not good at kind of a thing there and just really breaking out that process. So really it's, it's a, a case of, if you didn't catch that earlier, if you want to see it in writing kind of a thing there, that, that tool is definitely out there and available. It's something that I, like I said, I, I walk through hand, handhold most business owners on that, but it's, it's a, it's not a difficult process. It's not a difficult concept. I think you kind of touched on it earlier. It's like most of the stuff in business is really not that complicated. Once you kind of start seeing it, understanding, okay, that's what, that's how we go about figuring out processes. That's how we go about figuring out a playbook or figuring out our strategy it makes sense once you start looking at it. It's not rocket science, but it's, again, when you're coming into business like I was early days of being the IT technician kind of a thing there, you don't know anything about business. You don't know anything about how to manage people or how to build a, a business strategy or anything like that. And that's really the challenge I see, honestly, a lot of entrepreneurs kind of dealing with. It's like, okay, how do I take the business to that next level? I've got the initial set of clients, the initial set of customers here. I've got interest in my product service. Now what? That I'm I'm basically sitting here running this hamster wheel, and it's like I can't run any faster. I've got to figure out how to systematize really that hamster wheel, put the the gears and stuff in place, where all of a sudden I can have a much more leisurely pedal on it, and that hamster wheel spinning twice as fast. Yeah, um, Jeff, thanks so much. I we got a lot got a lot out of you today, and um, I'm going to put. On the show notes, all the links to get in touch with you. I will put the links to get the building and scale mastermind. I like that idea, Jeff. I think I think people learn in their own peer group from other uh, uh, peer peer peers because they, if that's the right way of saying it, um, 
because they hear it from people that are striving and having the same problems. I think that'll be very successful. And I'll put the process blueprint download there. So, um, but Jeff, I want to thank you for taking all this time with us. We really learned a lot today. And is there anything you'd like to leave us with, Jeff? No, honestly, I, I thank you for the the opportunity there. I just, I love talking to people and love helping any way I can kind of a thing there. But yeah, no, definitely if there's any questions or anything, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm always open for a conversation. Love just talking business and love, love talking people. So just thanks again for the opportunity. Thank you, Jeff. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner, or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.